Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. On episode 45 of the Galen Trombley Show, I have Dave Brown. Uh, Dave is a financial advisor at CECOM. Uh, we talk very briefly about that, but we go a lot into his background of music. Uh, we talk uh, NFL draft, which he's way better at that stuff and more knowledgeable than I am. And we also talk at the very end about um, his love of, of craft beers from his time in Vermont and then my um, lack of knowledge in craft beers, but my enjoyment of drinking them with lack of knowledge. So I hope you guys enjoy. Dave's a great guy. Uh, we, had a, we had a blast on it. Um, so this is episode 45 of the Galen Trombley Show with Dave Brown. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to episode 45 of the Galen Trombley Show. Today I have my friend Dave Brown in studio. Uh, Dave is the financial advisor at CECOM and they are a local... Uh, credit union in our area, and Dave is on the financial advisor um, kind of wing of that uh, branch. And so, Dave, welcome to uh, your first ever podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so we've uh, I've been wanting to get Dave in, so we got him in today, which is actually kind of a perfect day for it. It's a little, it's miserable outside, but it's all right. We're having a good time inside, so it all worked out. So, Dave, um, I always do this before everybody or for every podcast, just kind of give people a background on you so they know who the heck you are, and then we'll just get in all the fun stuff. Yeah. So, I, I grew up in this area, graduated from Beacon Town Central, uh, went to Clinton Community uh, a few years after that, and then uh, Plattsburgh State after that. Got my degree in finance, uh, my bachelor's rather. My associate's was in business administration. Um, Kind of got into the market during the 08 recession. Uh, Jim Cramer <laughs> uh, really kind of piqued my interest. Just the the energy. Is that the crazy money guy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mad, mad money. Mad money. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and that's not to say I, I refer to him as like a, <laughs> an important source of information, <laughs> but for some reason he just kind of turned me on to the industry, and uh, it was an interesting time. Um, but uh, yeah, that's uh, th- that's kind of my history, getting into the the line of work I'm in. Um, always been around this area, so. And you mo- did you ever move away? I didn't. No, um, f- most of last year I was working in Vermont, but that's mm-hmm. probably uh, the most I've been away from from Plattsburgh. And in fact, while I was working for for Meritrade um, over in Burlington. Vermont, I had actually traveled for work, and it was actually the, the furthest I've ever traveled, and that was to uh, Fort Worth, Texas, which is right next to Dallas. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Um, so in the financing, financial planning, you saw the Mad Money guy, and I mean, that obviously did enough to get you into it, and I'm sure that you, you kind of dove in a little bit into the financing world, so yeah. um, kind of give us like your like two cents on, I guess, why you like financing, what's your favorite part about the finance uh, financial industry, um, you know, and obviously I know that there's, you know, it's tough to say like, Hey, these are guidelines. I've, I've read enough financial books that, you know, a lot of the stuff, some of the stuff you, it's, it's, it's so it's ever, ever changing kind of thing. So you can yeah. never take someone's word as like, it's, here's what it's going to be down the road. Cause a lot of it's, it's, it's like 
your guesswork, really. I mean, you're kind of looking at trends, but you're, yeah. you never know because I mean, things could, yeah. something could happen all of a sudden, ban the markets go down. So, kind of, what's your two cents in the whole industry? Like, what's your favorite part? Why, why, are you, why are you in it? What do you like most about it? Well, it, why I'm in it, I, I think, you know, just like everything else, there's a lot of, you know, the just growing into uh, the environment that I did. I was kind of unsure of where I wanted to go straight out of high school. Um, I started off in very basic retail sales. I mean, I was selling clothes and credit cards at a local Gap outlet. And, you know, for the time being, it it was just a source of a little bit of money, you know, for for whatever. Um, And after, you know, a few months of, of doing that, I kind of, you know, figured out that I kind of like just simply selling to people um, and, and interacting with people in that in that way. Um, I've always been kind of a competitive, nerdy type, I guess. So, um, in combination with with the sales mentality, um, it just kind of formulated the the perfect combination of well, I want to of course go further in sales. I just don't want to be you know selling clothes or credit cards and what have you. So um, when I had stumbled upon, you know, it sounds relatively basic, but just CNBC, basic financial news, including Mad Money, I started watching on a regular basis to, you know, pick up on a lot of the terminology and Mm -hmm. the industry, et cetera. Um, I'm like, you know, this kind of, for some reason, it just sounded right for me. And and in addition to that, you know, it was exciting. Um, I'm, I'm the type... I get bored easily. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that hasn't changed throughout my lifetime, you know, for good or for bad. <laughs> um, so that, that, excite, that excitement with, with the stock market, and it seemed to be always evolving. Um, so th- there's always something new to learn. Um, so it's, it's hard to get bored in the industry. Um, so, you know, to, to touch on my background a little more with sales, um, when I eventually went into college, because I, I actually didn't start going to college for almost five years after high school. Um, and once I got in, I went for the, the two plus two with, with Clinton Community College and then Plattsburgh State. I did my business administration stuff at, at Clinton, and then I went on to Plattsburgh State. Um, during that time, I was working at a Best Buy, um, selling cell phones primarily. And I sold all over the sales floor and did a a slew of other things, but, um, the, the importance of, of cell phones. And I actually started selling cell phones when smartphones be started becoming a common item for mm-hmm. people. Um, cause I mean, at, at the time I had this little NV three phone that had like the flip keyboard and, you know, smartphones, the, the only real smartphone was the Blackberry at the time. This is like, Oh, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yep, it was around 09, 09. Yeah. Um, so I think like the iPhone 3G had come out, but you know, it was maybe only every like one out of 10 people had it, mm-hmm. if that. Of course, there were like iPod touches at the time. <laughs> um, but right when I started, like the iPhone 4 and the 4S was like getting launched shortly after. So, I mean, the iPhone 4 was the f- real big one in addition to like a handful of, of Android phones. <clears throat> and um, just doing that through the years, uh, you know, cell phones is a very personal subject for a lot of people. And, and if you don't, you know, sell them the right product, the right services, et cetera, um, it can be a, a really like 
damaging situation for folks. They, they take it personally. Um, so having that personal interaction with something as, as simple as cell phone and the, the service um, turned me even more on to, to sales and kind of with that competitive side of me, in addition to, you know, just uh, being able to interact with, with people and, and different types. Are you, are you iPhone, Samsung, Google? Um, what's the other one? Like, what are the phones right now? Oh, jeez. Because I'm not a very tech guy. I've, I, I've, I've really, I don't want to say I've separated myself, but just, you know, being like selling tech for so long, I, I just kind of, I don't want to say I grew sick of it, but I just, you know, I just don't gravitate towards it as much these days, but it's definitely still galaxy, Samsung galaxy, um, and Apple are definitely the, so like Google's like definitely third. I would say that's fair to say. Yeah. Um, I mean, of course, they you know they, they have the software. So I had a oh god, my first phone was like this little flip phone in high school, yeah. and then I remember I ended up getting a phone. I think I had a phone. I had one phone that you couldn't really do anything on. I think I could play the snake game on it, kind of deal, and that's pretty much all I did. I wasn't. Oh, yeah. I don't think I could text on it. I think it was calling and that, and it was like there was nothing else on that thing. Bought the second one had the ability to take a photo. Now the photo was about as clear as you'd see a thumbnail on like, yep. it was very tiny. The pixels weren't great. Um, I remember getting it for Christmas and I think I had it in the box until March. Mm. Never used it. I only used it cause I, I think it was a girl down back in high school that wanted to, I think text me at the time. Yeah. And, and of course, obviously, you know, that that's for a young male at the age of what, 16, 17, that was enough to get yeah, me to activate like- my damn phone. So, but I ended up, <laughs> so I ended up using it and, then all of a sudden I went into like the Blackberry and I remember getting yeah. the Blackberry and I, I think, I think my dad had one and I had a couple of people that I knew had one. And this was probably my first, probably right when I got into real estate, I think I had another little phone right before that with like the mirror on the outside. It was okay. kind of a stupid concept. Now I look at it back then it was like the thing, they got like a mirror on this, they can <laughs> pop it up and I don't know why I needed a mirror on the phone. But then, um, so I went to the Blackberry Blackberry, I, I liked for a little bit, and then I finally got an iPhone probably in 2012-ish. Or, okay. Yeah, probably 12. And I've, I've been iPhone now for seven, eight years. Yeah. I, I like the simplicity of it. But like you said, like when I go, I hate, I hate, hate, hate going to get cell phones. Like there's a few things in my life that I hate to go buy. Yeah. And cell phones are one of them. Um, it can be cars painful. are one of them. <laughs> yep. I wish I could just get into a car and never have to buy a car ever again. And that it would just run fine. And I wouldn't have to run with like leases. I never bought a car yet. I want to at some point, but I've never really found a car that I really want to buy. But cell phones, the problem is I'm the one that I'll go in. I'll get the most memory on my phone. I mm-hmm. get like the best, best phone you can get for me. It's like, it's a, a huge investment. Cause I'm on my phone 20, like honestly, 18 hours a day I'm probably on my phone like literally the first thing I do in the morning is check it last thing I do before I go to bed is turn it off you know what I mean yeah. and I'm wired in all day long but, but part of it is that's my lifeline for work yeah and so when I go in and I go get a phone and I the, so you go in and whatever like I'll give a shout out to uh, Majo at AT&T she's my girl there that, that helps me <laughs> but I'll go in and like I had to back up my phone last time I went and got the phone it was just like 12 hours worth of backing up or doing whatever. And I'm just like, you know what? I don't want to screw it up. You do it here at the store. Yeah. I'm going to go home. It's like 6 o'clock at night. I will come pick it up at 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. I do not need a phone for the next 12 to 15 hours. And let me tell you what. Like when I know I don't have my phone, I feel so good. It's the, <laughs> and I've been trying to work on this is 
Well, I'll get to the next thing. So, meaning, like, I, I get why people freak out doing the phone thing. Yeah. Because when I go in, like, I need there's certain things I need. I also need to make sure the camera's good. I do a lot of video. I need to know. Mm-hmm. I need to know the memory's good. I need to know all the stuff that I now. Obviously, I'm pretty much like loyal at this point to Apple. But it's, you know, does this? There's always different tweaks. Do I need the Do I need the eight? Do I need the ten? Do I need this or that? And I usually kind of splurge for the bigger one, or I also pay the extra four or five hundred dollars because I'm on it all day long. Like sure. to me, it's totally worth any investment I put in. Um, I've been trying to get better at. I haven't fully. I can't say I get, I, I'm. It's in my mind as something that I want to. I want to do is like, de- like um, unplugging situations. Yeah. yeah, it's tough in my line of work because there's you're obviously client dependent and people have needs all day long. And literally morning tonight, I get texts at six a.m. I get texts at eleven p.m. And it's just people are either you know, and, and a lot of those obviously those are extreme where I won't respond to them right then and there. But it's the idea like that 12 or 15 hours was amazing. I had no phone that night. I was great. I think I went home and read. Like, yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> Next morning, got up. Didn't have to worry about checking anything crazy. And I just knew like whatever. I just I was out of a phone. And it's like to me that recharge is so uh, it, it, it's just like it, it's needed. It's therapeutic sure. where I want to get to the point where maybe once or twice a month for a day i have no phone like take yeah. a sunday and just no phone or saturday just no tip probably a saturday no phone like you can't reach me nothing it's off yeah there's there's definitely you know a strange addiction that that we have with with technology and you know it, it kind of goes back to you know television and then to maybe you know gaming system for some of us old school nerds and then pcs and then cell phones and you know, and just those those basic cell phones, and then you know, smartphones that have you know changed our our culture entirely. And it's funny to see how it's evolved. You know, I, I was born in '86, so you know, I, I remember when cell phones weren't a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, just simply within the past decade, I mean, the culture has changed. You know, entirely. Well, I think I think our generation is going to be. We're basically the last generation. Like my kids now. They're going to be full on technology. Yeah. Like they yeah. mean, my you know they, they know. I mean, my kid's a little younger, but by the time they're two, three, they can turn on everything and use it. Yeah. And I do remember the time of, you know, the dial-up internet. I do remember the time <laughs> of like you have a couple TV stations. I do remember the time of you know. It, there's a lot of different things that you didn't have all these bells and whistles like having to watch a TV show when it was on at eight o'clock at night because that's the only yeah. time you're going to see it. Like you couldn't DVR it. It wasn't on Netflix. Um, there's no streaming service. You had Blockbuster. You would go. I remember oh, going yeah. to rent video games. Like you would oh, yeah. go and rent yep. video games at. I think they're still open somehow. The under one roof. Yeah, they're still open. <laughs> I think they have a sign that says the last video store on earth. Yeah. But um, no, I think like, we're such. It's so cool because we have been able to grow up, and but we've we've totally lived through the the boom of yeah. the internet, the boom of technology. Obviously, it's going to go crazy. But we're like our lifetime is going to see a huge. We're going to see like the like. You know, like the industrial revolution and all those kind of revolutions. This is like the technology revolution. Sure. We're living a hundred percent first first person point of view. Um, now you mentioned it. Are you a gamer? Like, oh yeah, yeah. Play video. Is yeah. that a gamer? Means you play? I am very. I do not know this at all. It means you play video games, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's and I think it's probably socially acceptable, maybe more so these days than it was when I was like a uh, like a young teenager or whatever. Um, and it's not maybe just the, the fact that people play games, but I think it's also kind of like, a like a clothing style, 
you know, per se, um, in addition to like the personalities that maybe come along with it. Um, but yeah, I, I've, uh, of course it's, you know, diminished as I've gotten older and replaced my spare time with, with other hobbies and, and whatnot. But, um, I've been a nerd, you know, if you want to put it that way for gosh, since I can remember basically. <laughs> so have you played like the new video games? Cause my, this is my video game. Mine was my big one. I first got into was the N64. Like oh, yeah. I played the, the, the old Nintendo and I played like the Sega and I played those, but I never owned one. The first thing I owned was an N64. I got it in like 98 maybe. Okay. And then I ended up going to the Xbox, probably 2005, six, seven, right in that yep. range. And that's what I played. And then anything after the Xbox, I was out. Like, I don't know what system they have right now. I haven't played video games consistently in 10 years. Yeah, I, well, <laughs> the people still played a lot of the, the consoles, like the, the PS4 or the Xbox One. Um, and I, I still have a PS4 that, that sits around and is essentially just like a, for Netflix and Hulu. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't play games on that anymore. Uh, it's strictly PC at this point. So that's the big thing now is PC. I think it's become Cause that more common. Play, is that where you play, like, is it Fortnite? That's where you play on PC? Yeah, I, I don't personally play Fortnite, but you can, uh, Fortnite's uh, cross-platform compatible, so, you know, you have people playing it on console and PC, and they all play together, um, I believe. I, I could be mistaken. Because um, I go into a lot of homes, and, like, you, you, they have setups. They have dual monitors. They oh, have yeah. all these PC memory drive. I don't know what they call it. A console. What you know the the heart. You know the thing on a computer. What oh, RAM? It, it might be. I don't know. I'm very dumb when it comes to this. But like, they have all this stuff. You probably, I'm guessing for processing speed. Yeah. But yeah. some people are like, oh my god, that one's a good. Pro-. And I'm like, and there's people that right now that go and look at homes, and where you would have had people have been like, I need a home office or whatever. Now I've seen a lot of guys be like, well, I need a place to. For my game for to play my gaming or 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 twit is it twitch yeah yeah like i need to i need and i'm and i've known there's a couple people that like they monetize it they've made money on oh, it. oh sure yeah yeah i mean even locally and i'm and they're like yeah you pay through this way and they're trying to explain it to me and again i'm i'm very much like give me straight up and 64 mario kart i'm good oh yeah all these things now i it's I, it's so beyond because i'm i'm just completely out of it i don't know what the systems are <laughs> tiger woods golf Oh yeah, Tiger. Woods I can back still I can day. still do yeah. decent. I but I would get I would get run over by you like muscle memory comes back. Like you give me a Mario Kart, yeah. I'm probably winning. Those yeah. other ones, no. Yeah, I, close. I, I can definitely speak to you know going from like the old school consoles to PC. Um, in in regards to it being more prevalent, I, I think you know that goes hand in hand with the the streaming community and how that's really launched. As well as the the esports community ha- has grown, and you know I, I don't want to refer to like you know different forecasts, but there's a lot of um, sources stating that you know esports is going to be bigger than most professional sports. You it's, know, it's big right now within the next decade, yeah. if not sooner, um, with the exception of maybe like professional football because that, that's always going to be big. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it just. Number one, it's it's more immersive, I guess you can say, um, from the the PC perspective, as opposed to just like sitting on a couch, and you know, literally just playing with with your thumbs, um, with, with a lot of your old school consoles. Um, but the the games these days, I think, really suit th- these 
this new generation of, I don't want to say a shortened attention span because that, that sounds, you know, kind of disrespectful, but it just provides you a lot more stuff to think about, um, whether it's mechanically or objectively. Um, so, and, and for me, it's, you know, I've always been competitive just in, in every angle of life. So I like to play more of like the, the multiplayer stuff, mm-hmm. um, as well as like stuff that requires team co-op kind of stuff. So I like to communicate. I like to be active. Um, but I usually set aside like maybe a little bit of time on like the weekend to, to do that when I can. <laughs> the, the, uh, well, you had to think about, I think you put, mentioned a good thing is that when you, for some reason, it, there's a couple sports and I'll, I'm going to use, I play a lot of golf. I've been to golf tournaments, like professional golf tournaments, like seen all the top players play. When you watch those guys play, you can really appreciate how good they are because yeah. you can be at the course, you can see their tee shot, where they're where they're hitting, you can see how narrow the fairway is, you can see how tight the the you know the tree line is, you can see how fast the greens are, how much slope are on the greens. Yeah. Then you realize that they're playing with the same kind of golf ball I would play. They're playing with the same club. They're, they're all this stuff. But you can see how good they are because I can compare that if I go out, I'm going to be all over the place where these guys yeah. are so good. I can't get the same level of – I can't get that same experience from professional football. Yeah. No matter what, yeah. I know that Tom Brady can throw the football farther than I can. But at the end of the day, he might make some good passes here and there. But I like I can throw a football. Yeah. He can throw a football. Yes, he can throw a little bit better, faster. But then you realize, okay, now he's doing it if you're on the field with 300 pound line or a lineman running at you, I cannot replicate that anywhere. I can go out and play. If I want to spend the money I can go play, you know, quality courses at PGA level, but I can go right around here and play courses from the very back tips and struggle like crazy and watch that. Those, those tee boxes are much closer than what the other guys are playing. Yeah. And then, so the video game aspect is if you're playing a video game, you can feel exactly like you can appreciate the level that the guys that are on the, that are winning the world championships of Fortnite because I've seen yeah. I've seen those pop up on Instagram and stuff like you see them win it but you have an appreciation because you're like wow I've seen that guy play and like I, I always see these like Ninja I know I've heard of Ninja yeah like, he's, he's, he's like a millionaire he just streams video games yeah and like you look on <laughs> I looked on his uh, Instagram account and it's just a bunch of clips of like him playing like clips of his screen of him running around like it means nothing to me it looks stupid. But somebody that's into that can appreciate, like, oh, my God, I can't believe you did this, this, and this. But because you can actually go play the levels or go play the, the worlds or whatever they're playing in, you have the first-person um, appreciation because you're seeing it. Like me with yeah. golf, if I see Tiger Woods at a golf ball, I can appreciate how hard the course is and how good he is because of what he's able to do where I know I would shoot double the score. Yeah. I think that brings up a couple of really interesting points, like with – how you can relate to the the athletes or you know the, the gamers in in this scenario, um, and I think it speaks to you know this upcoming generation. You know, hopefully not for the the worst, but you know perhaps a lot of these younger boys and girls can relate to these streamers because you know they themselves are are maybe gamers and aren't as interested in you know old-fashioned sports um i don't know it's i guess that's more of like a, a philosophical thing i mean <laughs> hopefully physical sports will, will always be a common thing in in our society um but i i know the you know with 
the trends and, and whatnot and with streaming. Um, in addition to that, to kind of take it even further, for, for the, the guys and girls that, you know, like to game, but don't necessarily, you know, want to go through the process of having to do it. Like, they can just watch someone else game. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's entertainment. Um, and it kind of scratches that, that itch of, you know, I kind of want a game, but not really. I can just watch someone else do it. And they get to interact with other people that are watching, too. So there's a social aspect to it. What... What do you consume? Like, if you were to sit down, watch, are you a movie guy, TV show guy? Like, what do you what do you watch typically? Like, oh man, um, like I said, do you do you watch? Like, would you watch something like that? Like, video people play video games. Personally, I I wouldn't do it um, unless you know I, I was just trying to kill maybe 10, 15 minutes. Um, I'll watch like a YouTube video mm-hmm. occasionally, um, but I wouldn't. Like just sit down and and watch a streamer, you know, play a game live. Um, I mean, I can't say that I haven't done it because, you know, mm-hmm. I, I've done it probably a handful of times. But um, it's not something I would do. Um, I would rather just game myself or do something else that I do, like whatever. Like I find that, um, like from a consuming standpoint, I don't watch a lot of movies. I yeah. like going to the movies. I don't know the last time I went to the movies. And part of it now is just between work and kids and stuff. It's yeah. like I I'm very rarely have time. I want to go see. Did you go see the uh, the Hollywood movie, the Quentin Tarantino movie? Once I upon not. a time in Hollywood. No, I, I I wanted to see it. It came out like three weeks ago. I wanted to go see it the first week. Never did. Never did. And, and this is what happens. It, eventually, it's gonna be out of theaters, and yeah. I will probably never see it. Because um, maybe I'll watch it at home. But if a Quentin Tarantino movie, you've seen his movies. I, I've seen a, a couple of them, yeah. Okay, we'll talk about that after because I, I like him. Um, but the the idea is that a lot of these, um, like consuming stuff, movies I don't really consume. Uh-huh. TV shows, I don't get into new series. I watch, literally I watch reruns of The Office and usually it's yeah. background. Like I'll be working on like the couch or something at night and I'll have it on just because it's mindless for me and I can yeah. just like, I don't have to pay attention to it and I can look up and I can watch another scene and I can just work for a few minutes. Yep. And that part's great. But what I normally do if I like sit down, if I have free time to sit down and actually watch something, 90% of the time watching YouTube. And like I'm a big consumer of YouTube. I'm a big consumer of vlogs. I'm a big consumer of how-to videos. I'm a big consumer okay. of um, highlight like sports. Yeah. Like sp- how, to, how to do stuff in golf. I, I follow um, – I was very – well, I, I – I go to a CrossFit gym. We talked about that before, but yeah. like I still follow the, like the sport of CrossFit. So I'll watch interviews or I'll watch highlights or I'll watch like even someone, I know it sounds dumb, but like working out for whatever reason, I have an appreciation because I look at it more as like the skill level of, of an athlete from a sporting perspective versus yeah. watching the guy like sit there squat. But it's like you can have, for me, it's kind of like someone watching video games is you can pick up little things. You can pick up oh, like, yeah. watching golfers play. can pick up on things because I want to try to get better at that. Yep. It's kind of the same. Like I'm trying to get in a little bit of woodworking right now. I've been watching some woodworking stuff because I've sure. talked about me and Ryan working on. So it's like, so are you a consumer of YouTube in that sense? Yeah. I, I mean, I've watched like a handful of things on YouTube. Um, nothing in particular. Um, I, I like to try and stay up to date on, you know, different like political and, and cultural changes in our, not only in our country, but just globally. Um, and it's, I don't want to say it's difficult, but you try to remain as objective as, as possible with, with different sources. So I, I try to stay up to date on that kind of stuff. Um, 
but as, as far as entertainment goes, I mean, I, I've always been big into music. Um, I, I do like podcasts as well. Um, so a, a lot of the time, if, if I have some free time on the weekend and I need to take care of some whatever kind of chores, I usually have headphones in or like a Bluetooth speaker going with, with music or a podcast. Um, but yeah, I've found, I mean, going back to, to movies and, and, uh, TV or, you know, streaming, if you want to call it that these days, um, it's, it's hard to find something these days. I, I don't, I'll still watch like some live sports. Like I, I like watching basketball. I, I really, um, am a glutton for punishment. I'm a Nixon Raiders fan. So I, you know, usually I'm not watching Ra- Raiders. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I grew, my dad has always been a Cowboys fan. So I kind of just, you know, went with the Raiders when I was young and I don't like to switch teams. Like I'm not going to switch teams. So I've, yeah, I'm the same. So I, I stuck with them. Hopefully this season will be a little better for them. Um, but yeah, the TV, I, I, and I'll watch it occasionally. Like if I'm at my parents, they, they like to watch stuff at, at night. Um, or if I'm with friends, whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of, what you said, r- refer to reruns of stuff like the office. I, I love the office. Um, family guy, yeah, it used to be good. It's, it's kind of lost its touch. Um, there are a couple others out there that, I, that I've kind of delved into, but nothing significant. Yeah. I used to watch family guy a lot, but then I haven't watched family guy in, since high school. And, yeah. and part of it is it's kind of like the same kind of style of jokes over and over it again because they're still yeah. making. It'd be like yeah. The Office making season like, all right, they're making season 15 now. And it's like, okay, well, great. I mean, I'm probably still going to watch it as a lifelong. But, I mean, at a certain point, you're like, okay, they made nine seasons of it. That, that yeah. was good. I mean, I'm sure they could have done you know another five, six, seven seasons of dumb stuff. But um, So you said uh, NFL. So last night, me and some buddies, it was great. I ended up. One of my buddies reached out, said, do you want to get in the fantasy football league? So I said, uh, again, I, I don't really pay attention to it much, but on weekends I try to watch football. So like I like the Giants, so I try to watch the Giants games. That's probably the only one I'll actually watch. We'll put it, we'll have the TV on as like background, but I'm mm-hmm. usually like I'm doing stuff. So like that's, I'm not going to sit down and like watch football all day long. Even the Giants, I love them, but there's times where, you know, I'm going to be sitting there for, especially the first half, I'll be doing like odds and end chores and the game will be on. I'll walk in, catch a play or two, and then I'm out doing something else. And yeah. it's tough for me to like to spend three hours watching TV in a row for a football game. Yeah. It, it, so, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. So it, to me, it's a commitment to watch a full game, even though I love the Giants and I try to follow them. But so we go in, he's like, you want to do fantasy football? I said, sure. Because I kind of like it. It gives me something to root for when I'm actually, yep. you know, am watching it. And... So we go and I, we show up and he goes, we're, go, we're doing the draft, 7 o'clock, Buffalo Wild Wings. I'm like, okay, well, so I cleared my schedule, put on my schedule or calendar, show up. I didn't realize a couple of my high school buddies were there. This was last night. Oh, nice. So we had a blast. So we sat down, had a couple of drinks, pu- pu- did our teams and, and uh, you know, basically just shot the shit for a few hours. And the NFL draft, I have um, uh, Antonio Brown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll see. Well, this is the problem. So the NFL draft... We get going, and it's a live draft. So there's like eight of us in the league, I think. So it's like you can see it go. We have five of the seven, five of the eight guys that are there. The other three guys are doing the draft. They're just doing it, you know, from you know from a distance. And the first pick goes up. I have like the fifth pick in the draft. Well, the best option when I come up as pick number one is Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott yeah. from the Cowboys. That's a good one. And then well, one of the guys goes, he's holding out in his contract. And I'm like, wait, oh, what? Oh, yeah, yeah. I Which I don't that. know any of this. I don't know any of this stuff. So then the next one 
is another running back doing the same thing. So I'm like, what the hell? It was probably uh, oh, Texas name from the Chargers. Yes, it was the Charger guy. Yeah. So I said, okay. So the, it literally was those two guys. I'm like, well, I might as well grab these two. And like, well, these are the things. And I didn't know that. Had I known, I would have probably grabbed probably the Chargers. I, I don't. I I try to avoid grabbing anybody in the NFL East because I'll root against them. Yeah. Because I don't care. Like I'll get the running back. I'll get Ezekiel Elliott. And I hope he gets negative 100 yards because <laughs> that means that the Giants win. The, yeah. They lose and the Giants can win. But. Um, so we end up doing this whole draft and I'm picking, but like I had the hardest time going through the guys and my team is like halfway decent, but I would have been lost cause I don't follow the, I don't follow football. A couple of them yeah. had like books out or a computer out. I'm like, dude, you guys are nerds, man. I'm like going down 90 seconds. Like it went pretty fast. Like most of them, cause a lot of them obviously like they have a lot of rankings and they say draft this guy next. Oh yeah. So then, yep. it, I mean, you can pick and choose a little bit. Sometimes it went off script, but a lot of times it was just like get the top guy. Yeah. But, uh, I got, I have. Antonio Brown, who they said he's complaining about a helmet, or yeah, so he he's um, is this it, his first year there? It is, yeah. I mean, he hasn't even played a game with him yet. Um, he was traded to the Raiders from the Steelers, I think, for like a second and fourth round pick. Which, I mean, based on his value, was probably a very good trade for the the Raiders. Um, but he started causing unnecessary drama with the Steelers in uh, the last year with them. Um, but he's a hell of a player. Um, so, I, but he is getting up there in age for the the football world. I think he's like 32 now. Um, but he hasn't really had any significant health concerns. But um, I guess the whole issue with with the helmet is the like the old model that isn't approved by like the the new standards now because they've supposedly come a far way with you know concussions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, he preferred the old model because it was, it was more comfortable. Um, and he basically threatened to retire slash, you know, hold it against the NFL. Um, there's continuing litigation, whatever, et cetera. Um, but the, the Raiders general manager, uh, actually, I think it was yesterday or the day before basically put his foot down and said, either you're all in or you're gone. And he's, was, he's all in now. So, um, Caught his bluff. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, he, this guy has turned into a straight diva. It, it's it's unfortunate, and you know when you're getting that kind of money, I, I think a lot of people would probably fall into that kind of um, hypnosis, <laughs> for a lack of a better word. Um, but going back to the the fantasy thing, um, I've been doing two fantasy leagues with a bunch of old high school friends for like over a decade now. Oh wow! And um, like money, do you guys put money in? Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah. Yep, yeah. It, you know, it's it's something. You know, it's not like a whole lot, like maybe like fifty or a hundred bucks or something. But I mean, you, you know, you get twelve guys, and there's a fair yeah, amount of competition. It, it, it's fun. It's like it's more like the trash talk, and like if you get guys that are in the league, and you can kind of yeah, you know, make it, a lot of it to me is just like it gives you a little bit of entertainment value for the for four months. Yeah, when you're playing. It's fun. I, it, it's a genius concept. I mean. And they have, of course, you know, fantasy sports for, for everything these days, you know, baseball, basketball, so on and so on. Um, but for football, I think it's it's just more fitting because of the, the pace of the game. Um, and because, of course, it's just a fun game to watch generally. And it's one game. It's like a couple of days a week. Yeah. yeah. You know, or, or you, you, yeah, your players play one game a week, so you get yeah. to see... It's easier to follow in my eyes. Yeah. Like baseball would be, that, that seems like it'd be tough. Yeah. I did a baseball league with some old coworkers for, I think, three years in a row. And 
I, I thought it was fun, but you do have to stay up to date with it literally on a daily basis. Um, and then uh, like the pitching aspect of it, you kind of have to be preemptive with like injuries and mm-hmm. it's interesting, but, um, yeah, with, with football, you know, it's just, it's just a perfect equation of, you know, excitement, possibly alcohol, um, testosterone, so on and so forth. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure we're, uh, we're going to try to, I don't know if we get guys together, like to actually watch it. It's kind of tough. Like I didn't think all the guys were kind of, like one guy drove up from basically Glens Falls for the night to do the draft to drive home like oh, wow. th- this morning. Like he, he's like, I gotta be back. He coaches football down downstate. So we were actually going to have an impromptu. Like we got done. The draft went fairly quick. We were, we were pretty much done by like eight 30 and or eight, eight 30. And we're going to come back here and actually do a podcast with like three of my high school buddies, which would have nice. been a blast. Like, yeah. you know, a little, little beer. We had, we had, we had a good time, but the problem was we just ended up talking too long, and it was like nine <laughs> nine thirty. I'm like, you know what? We're not going to start at nine thirty at yeah. night, and, and you know we had to go home and go to bed. But it was uh, we ended up going, I think, really till about ten thirty. So we drove back downtown. Just literally last night was absolutely beautiful. We just sat outside, each had a drink. Yeah, you know, like I said, shot the ship for probably another hour and headed home after. It was it was a blast. Like it was good. Just you don't like as you get older, you don't get to see your buddy, like your high school buddies anymore. Yeah, and it, or college or whatever, like your friends, you know, from a, a kind of like a previous life almost, because you know we're all in different things nowadays, and, and like a lot of us yeah. just catch up and reminisce and make fun of the same people over and over again, and we just have a blast doing that. Like it doesn't, like a lot of like I see people way more than I see those guys, but still, those are like the crew that you want to go back to and just like hang out, and you know, it's just kind of more laid back, and it still feels like you're a kid again, which. Yo, oh yeah. I mean, they're kind of like, you know, more or less like a benchmark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and it, it's just those conversations with, with, with old friends are, you know, they're always the best, you know, like it's, you, you always have something to relate to. Um, but yeah, it, it, as you get older, I mean, you're, of course you're like, you're more accustomed to developing new friendships and being able to develop relationships uh, on a more short term basis. Um, but, uh, I've been fortunate in, in that regard because I, I still have one of my longtime best friends who, who lives here in, in Plattsburgh, but the bulk of them, one's in Maine, one's in Virginia, another one's in, in South Carolina. We still stay in touch, but I mean, it's, you know, it stinks. It gets tough. Yeah. yeah. But I find like, as I've gotten older too, like things have, I had a very weird, like if I had to describe my life, like I, I my memory up until probably 18 is very good. Yeah. <laughs> then my memory from like college up until probably 2000, God, I would say for like 2009 to probably 2013, like I remember doing stuff, but if you had to tell me the year I did something or what I did, I would kind of draw a blank. And I, it's weird because I, I just think I was in a time in life where I was kind of in between things and I didn't have stuff figured out. And I see a lot of kids at that, that point in time now and I kind of, you know, sympathize, you know, with them in that if, you know, you're between kind of that mid college to early adulthood where you don't know what you want to do and things and, you know, you don't know where you want to work or where you want to live or, you know, who you want to date or all this kind of stuff. And that was like a time period where it was just like a blur for me where it just seems like I got like on turbo or, you know, like basically like I hit a speed, a speed boost or something. And I went like five years down the road because, (laughs) For some reason, it's like the oddest time where I don't know. And it wasn't bad. Like it, it wasn't any like really thing negative that happened. It was just a time period that I don't have a lot of really good memories. And I'm sure I did a lot in that time. But it, I now from about 2013, 14 on, I've made a lot of like really good friends that I still am in touch with now that have like become my, 
adult friends that I'll probably be with for a long time, you know, because you had like my high school buddies. I didn't meet anybody in college. I was probably the biggest hermit in college. I'd go to, I commuted to Plattsburgh, took my classes, left. I was coaching sports. I was working. I like, I just wasn't in the mode of, of going and meeting people in college. Yeah. So that's probably part of it because I don't have experiences with a lot of friends that way. But it was like your high school buddies and then it's all your buddies that I've met in the last probably six or seven years. And it's like my two worlds of friends, even though obviously those guys are still involved in it. But it's you don't see them as much. But when you see them, though, it kind of like brings you back to when you were like basically a kid or high school because you have all these like really fresh memories. But it allows you to almost think totally different than you do now because like, holy crap, like these guys we did all this stuff together and now we're in this position, but at the end of the day, it's so fun where you can come back and, and basically re- hit the reset button yeah. and it just feels like it's way more laid back. You almost come back from a position of just getting started again where like there was no cares in the world and you're yeah. just kind of hanging out. And like I said, we would play Mario Kart and have pizza and wings and, and you know drink soda and stay up till <laughs> three in the morning and yeah. not care because the next day you just could sleep in and you know do whatever, watch, watch TV the next day. So... Um, it's just funny how things have changed now because now like yeah. different friends are we're now a professional setting or we have families yep. or we have way more responsibility than we did 10 years ago and it's it's kind of cool to uh, to see that but yeah it's always fun every time I see those guys like like when I got, when I got married we had a we played golf right before like the reception that day mm. and we went out we had five guys playing on the tee and they're like five of my best buddies from high school and we had an absolute blast and we played at Harmony it was like 14 holes and for about four hours, all we did was rag on each other and just <laughs> drank beer, played golf, and just made fun of each other for five hours. And it was so much fun. Like one, one of the most fun rounds I've ever played. And I couldn't tell you, and none of us could tell you what we shot. And nobody cared. Yeah. We just had a good time. You'd mess up on a shot, and all of a sudden, you were just turn around making fun of the guy about whatever. So, I don't know, his face, shoes, hat, whatever. <laughs> but it was, we had a blast doing that. So, um, yeah, no, that was, that was just my, that was my NFL draft buddy story last night. But that would have been a good... That would have been a fun podcast. Yeah. Um, like, I, th- I think if you get, like, a group of guys, like, you just put a mic down with, like, a one mic that picks up everything, it's fun. Especially if you're in a group of, like, high school buddies. Yeah, I... So, the, the two leagues that I'm in, there's there's one league that's my really close-knit group of friends. And the other one are... I, they're not acquaintances. They're definitely friends. But they're people that I kind of lost touch with, more yeah, or yeah. less. Other than this this fantasy league. So, but, but it's the same dynamic every time went, went during the draft. Like, like it's still like this kind of like, you know, you're egging people on, you know, you're, you're talking some trash. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Um, you know, you're referring to like some past times that, you know, some people, you know, it's kind of an embarrassment, et cetera. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's always fun to, to think of that. Kind Have you ever of stuff. watched the league? I have not. No, I, I've I've been. You know what it is. I do. Yeah, I watched like one season, one and a half seasons, and that show is pretty funny. I because it, it's centered around fantasy football. Yeah, and but I've just never really got into it to watch all of it. But that was like that. This kind of goes back to what we talked about before. Like I just can't. I have a hard time finishing out a series. But I fought, I've watched The Office eighteen times probably. But I just because <laughs> I just don't want to restart and pay attention yeah. to it. So like the league, I never actually got farther than probably a year, uh, season and a half or two seasons in. But that's a funny show. Yeah, it's it's the it's really funny the the dramatics that can come from a fantasy league. <laughs> like yeah. in the few leagues that I am, and um, for every trade, it needs to be approved by at least half of the league. So like you can't just oh wow yeah so you can't just submit a trade and 
that's it. Like it needs to be approved by at least 50% of the, the members. Um, so I, we've had a number of times where, you know, people have threatened to like quit midway and they usually just suck it up and say, screw it, whatever. Um, but yeah, there, there's definitely some, some man drama involved with, with NFL fantasy leagues. That's rough. 50% of people. That's crazy. Is that yeah. just to stop people from dumping teams towards the end of the season? Exactly. Yeah. If somebody's like out of it, you'd be like, dude, here's all my good running backs. Here's my quarterback. Here's my, yep. you know, if they, if he obviously has some good players, it's almost like you have a super team. Yeah. And I mean, and that's exactly why, um, because you know, people will, you know, it'll be at like a later point in the season and they'll just be like, I'm not going to make it to the playoffs. I might as well just help, you know, my closest buddy in the league. So they'll, they'll make some bogus trade and, it's just a way of kind of yeah, it makes stopping sense, that then. stuff. Yeah. How many guys in the league? The the two leagues I've been doing for quite some time now. Um, I think it's a dozen per league. That's good. That's a good number. Yeah. Yeah. Or you guys play head to head. Yep. Yep. Is there enough? Is there another way to play it, or is it always head to head? Because I've only known the head to head version. Yeah, that, that's all I've played. Um, and to I, me, that's the most fun. Yeah, like, yeah, I love that version. Yeah, I, I've played through like different websites. Like I've done Yahoo Fantasy, I've done NFL, and I've done ESPN as well. Um, NFL is the most cut and dry. Um, That's it, the one we're doing this one on. Yeah, it, it's and it's not to say that you can't change that with every website or every platform, rather. Um, but just kind of like in its original mode, the NFL version I think is is the easiest to understand. I, the only one I've ever done prior. This is my first time doing the NFL one. The only one prior was uh, Yahoo. Okay. And I've, I've never done ESPN, which I don't know which one's the best. I'm sure they're all fairly similar. They all have roughly the same yeah. points. But like our, the problem is our, yeah, our Yahoo one, if you had a good quarterback, because we were getting one point for every 10 yards thrown. Okay. And this one is one point for every 25 yards thrown. Yeah. So then when I end up, which I, I think is more common. It is. Okay. So we would I have think. we would have a lot of quarterbacks projected. Usually like a good quarterback was projected probably around 55 points wow. in the league. Now I'm looking at it. My like quarterback is like projected around 20, 20, yep. maybe 30, I think is a high, 25, yeah. 30, something like that. So then I'm looking at that and it's incredible because all of a sudden we were going to pick like my last draft on Yahoo is like the first guy you get is a good quarterback. Like the without a without a doubt, like you're going for the Tom Brady, you're going for the you know Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers, you know hmm. Drew Brees. And I played in this one, and all the top ones were quarterbacks or running backs, wide receivers. And I'm like, yeah. why should I get a quarterback? Like, no, you should really get these guys. I'm like, really? And like, like why can't I get? Why, shouldn't I get like Patrick Mahomes? And they're like, no, like you're better off getting a couple good, which makes sense now looking at the numbers because. You know, two or three good running backs are going to be better because, like, honestly, they're like quarterbacks, like a dime a dozen, because they only get so much points. Yeah, you're better off getting maybe a quarterback that can scramble a little bit. Yeah, you get those run yards. Because um, I have Cam Newton and Matt Ryan. Okay, which are both in the same league, but I mean, it or division. Yeah, and the quarterback role, with the exception of that that first style where like they get a point per per ten yards, but the quarterback position is kind of a crapshoot. Um, even if you get someone that's had a, a really good history, like someone like Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers, or in this season Patrick Mahomes, where they've you know they've had MVP seasons and have maybe put up that thirty plus average or whatever just around that, um, it, it's it's so difficult to get. I mean, you can get you know whoever the heck is starting for the Jags this year. Like I don't, I'm not even sure who it is, but 
you can still have a winning team if you build around the quarterback. The quarterback's not really a necessary position until like maybe, eh, I don't know, maybe like the sixth, seventh, eighth round. So, so my first every year in, in the fantasy, uh, this is probably like four years ago, five years ago, and I ended up getting Andrew Luck, and this was Andrew Luck of like, again, probably four years ago. Well, sure enough, he gets injured, like, yeah. <laughs> like game or week three or four in the season, yep. or maybe it's a little farther, week six or seven, whatever. He spent, he spent a majority of the time off, so I ended up picking up Blake Bortles. Okay. Blake Bortles from the Jags. Now, back this is when Blake Jor- Bortles was on the ben- like bench. He was in. He was basically a free agent all year long. Nobody wanted him. Yeah. So I'm like, man, I, I, he's probably my best option. So I pick him up. I end up winning the. He ended up like catching like just one on a tear the second half of the season. Yeah. And I ended up winning my fantasy league with him. Like Jags were terrible. They didn't make the playoffs. Didn't do anything. Yeah. But he just had a hell of a last like eight nine weeks. Like overall, like if you average it out, he was probably one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. So that one I ended up winning with, and I always just call it like with freaking Blake Bortles, where it's going up against all these other quarterbacks. Yeah. Well, so. th- there's definitely a very significant element of luck with with fantasy, especially with football, um, in regards to like injuries um, and just like new players that start producing, you know, and you know, week five or week six that are still on the waiver wire. Um, so if you happen to be in a position where you can either pick up that, that free agent or if you have the backup of like, I don't know, um, like Todd Gurley, like if you have his backup and he ends up putting up huge numbers, th- there's definitely like a, a fair amount of luck involved um, for, you know, for, for the good and bad. Like last year, my team was was absolutely stacked, um, and then I, I forgot what happened. Oh, Amari Cooper. <laughs> I got him this year, yeah. Yes, yeah, so, so. But he's on Dallas this year, right? He is. Which breaks my heart because I hate Dallas. Yeah, yeah. So I, I had him, you know, being a Raiders fan, and we were doing a dynasty league. So that's that's a little interesting. I, I like that. Now, how many that's players cool. did you get to keep? So we're actually in the fourth year of the dynasty. So now we are at the, the max capacity of keepers, which is four. So it like it, it, so has, every year you get to keep one guy. One. Well, so it starts off the first year of the dynasty. You get one second year, two third year, three fourth year, four, and it caps at four. Um, you don't have to keep them. So obviously if you don't have any keepers, then you get to draft earlier. Um, but I had Amari Cooper for, Oh gosh, I think three seasons, and he was good his rookie year, um, which I drafted him. Of course, uh, his second year with the Raiders, he uh, he, he wasn't very good. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. Um, then his third year, I think he maybe had like a game or two, which were you know respectable, but then he got traded to Dallas, put up some big numbers. But the last two weeks of the regular season, he went flat, which is bad for fantasy playoffs because mm-hmm. those last yeah. couple of weeks of the regular season are, are of course playoffs and in, in, in fantasy and um i just got demolished in the in the final round um see i don't know if our league's dynasty i think it should be so is that typical you get one meaning the first year you get one pick so the second year you get two picks but you don't have to necessarily take the same player as year one you can take two different players you just get three you just get two choices so you yep. technically if you had tom brady that first year, you could take Tom Brady with your pick every year, or you could say by year three, I don't want him anymore, so I get three other players. Yeah, that's and that's exactly what I'm doing with the the league that I had Amari. Um, 
because that that league I have Devonte Adams from the Packers, David Johnson from. Yeah, both those guys this year. Yeah, I mean they're both studs. Hopefully they'll be studs again this year. Yeah. Um, and I drafted Robert Woods from the Rams, who had a career year last year, and I had Amari, and I'm and I I can still technically keep him until the draft, but I've set it up where I'm not going to keep him. Mm-hmm. So unless someone offers me a you know a valuable player for him, I'm probably not going to keep him because I, I like consistency. Like, of course I want those those big players that are going to put up great points but i like consistency especially you know in the playoffs so do you guys have to pay for trades or pay for anything no no some guys i I know do that too where if you want to trade you have to pay money for it no um but we are so i'm in this little this brand new side league with six of my you know real close buddies um and we're so every team's absolutely stacked like it's it's almost ridiculous um, but uh, the the whole waiver system is is completely different. Um, so you basically get this limited amount of currency, basically that you use to pick up the the free agents or you know waiver wire or whatever, and so you bid on them. And you can only you only have so much currency to use, so you you have to be a little more strategic with it. You can't just you know kind of go at will at trying to add um, free agents agents and uh but it, again every team is stacked so it's it's almost like how often are we actually going to try and utilize the waiver wire usually that becomes more relevant in the latter part of the year like after injuries have accumulated and uh like some of the younger guys like the rookies or sophomores start blowing it up on the field yeah i don't know it's fun i i uh I enjoy it. Like I said, it keep, keeps me... I know nothing really beyond the Giants, <laughs> but it keeps me kind of entertained. Um, so switching gears, um, get, kind of give us your music background. Mm. Like, Do you still do mu- like play music? Yeah. Um, I actually most recently started playing with um, a group of friends. Um, you, well, you probably know Ryan Barcombe. Yep, yep. I know um, and he was actually the, the one that had originally asked me about it. He's like, hey, I you know I got a buddy that's moving back into town from Vegas. I have another buddy. He plays bass. We're looking to start jamming. That's what everyone says. And you're, you're <laughs> drums, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've uh, so I've been playing drums for better part of my life now. Um, I started off with percussion um, in sixth grade, and my parents got me my first drum kit in eighth grade. So I eventually did like a little bit of concert band stuff with with drum set, but I. You know, I learned through, you know, just by basically teaching myself. But I had, you know, the direction from percussion, Mm -hmm. which I did all throughout middle school and high school. Um, I picked up bass guitar uh, going into my junior year of high school. And I ended up playing in a rock band for about five and a half years. We did original stuff. Uh, All the guys are still my best buddies. (laughs) Those are pretty much my my close group of friends. Locally? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is like circa 2004. (laughs) Okay. So it's been some time. You know, not to date myself too much here, but um, but yeah, I uh, once I got into college, well, once I got into Plattsburgh State, I uh, played in the jazz ensemble there. Because um, I, I, you know, I was acquainted with different genres through playing percussion and concert band, but I wanted to be more fluent with like jazz and, and Latin. Um, so my initial objective was to just get drum lessons with this guy there um, who's like renowned as a drummer um like his dad played with miles davis uh this guy gabe jarrett um he's amazing 
unfortunately I haven't talked to him in some time, but, uh, um, so I just wanted to get more savvy with, with Latin and jazz, you know, basically just to look cool. And they're like, yeah, you can take lessons, but you need to be part of an ensemble. Cause I was in the finance department. I wasn't even in the music department. I just wanted to play drums. And I was like, sure, I'll, I'll see what I can do. So I attempted to join what's called the Mambo Combo. And they're like a, they're like a six or seven piece, maybe give or take a couple uh, Latin group. And they already had a drummer. This is local. Yeah, yeah, this is right at Plattsburgh State. Okay. Um, and so they already had a drummer and they were s- so small of a group that they didn't want a second drummer. So I was like, fine, that makes <laughs> sense. Yeah. It's like uh, Grateful Dead had two drum sets. Yeah. So. <laughs> but um, they're like, you can probably play in the jazz band, though. And I was like, sweet. Well, let's check it out. Because I was like kind of getting into jazz, but it was on my own. So it wasn't like I was classically trained in jazz. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I was more or less winging it. <laughs> but um, so I played in like the first jazz ensemble concert that I played in. I think I played in like maybe two out of five pieces that we played. And... They went pretty well, and um, over time we ended up splitting the, between the other drummer and I. We, we split all of the the pieces, and you know I, I got pretty savvy with with playing jazz drums, and I got to take the, the lessons. So I, I kind of overall developed my uh, my kit. Um, but to this day, um, you know I've I've always played music. I, I've always been very passionate about music. Unfortunately, it's not something I I would attempt as a career. <laughs> um, not that I haven't considered it, because you know, back in the high school days, there was always that that dream. Yeah, like um, professional athlete, professional rock star. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I tell you what, when when we used to play, we we rocked out and uh, we had a lot of good times. Um, but anyways, um, yes. So uh, the, the stuff I've been doing recently with with Ryan and, and the other guys, it's been very informal so we don't we, we start off by doing some covers to kind of get some some chemistry which i think we did relatively well and, and quickly um and we've kind of messed around with some original ideas but you know it's it's taking its time you know unfortunately as you get older setting aside time for you know yeah, fun, cook hobbies fun. everything you yeah. know it, it's and then getting the guys together on top of that um is tough too and uh but it's it's fun i mean it's it's like no other thing and you you know i i've always said that playing music it's i think it's honestly the the best feeling in the world um you know compared to anything you know winning um making money getting uh a girlfriend (laughs) whatever um i I just find music to be gratifying in in a way that can't be matched what what uh what, what genre of music do you guys play? I think the best genre to to relate it to would be probably indie, mm-hmm. um, because indie rock is very flexible on its own. Um, I mean it's it's it definitely goes back to that basic like four four kind of style of music for the the most part. Um, but it's flexible. So it's, you know, sometimes it can be heavy. Sometimes it can be groovy. Sometimes it can be poppy, um, you know, and so on. But I, I think indie would, would be the best way to describe it. Yeah. Um, I mean, music wise, when I was, I, again, I, it's something I should get into. I never played the drums or anything like that. I, I played guitar fairly consistently for a or fairly consistent for a year. 
Um, and this was probably back in 2010, kind of mm-hmm. that time period, right? I know what was going on. That's right. <laughs> but I, I uh, my dad had an old guitar. It literally sat in my room my whole childhood. Finally, I kind of had some interest in it. So I picked it up, went and bought a tuner, bought some new strings. My buddy restringed it. I, I tuned it up, finally had a guitar that was tuned. Um, and then it was YouTube videos. It was is it ultimateguitarguy.com. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah with all the tab, the tablatures yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I, so I'd go on that, and I'd yeah. learn, I would learn chords. So then a lot of times it was just, you didn't really have to pick songs. You could just strum through, yeah. you know, the basics. Like sometimes be like A minor, D, things like that. So I could go through, and I could at least... I knew my way around the guitar enough where I could kind of like start reading the chords and I knew where to put my hands and I was just kind of the strumming I was always screwed up on because like, okay, you get a strum down, down, up, up, down, up, down. And it's like, like to me, I was just like kind of going by feel, Yeah. which I think some people probably do anyways. And they just give it some like, you know, kind of a rhythm. But when you're trying to do it correctly, you know, I'm trying to play something by whomever or especially like like someone like a John Mayer who's like phenomenal. Oh, you're yeah. like looking at him yeah. and he's like up 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 down up down up and he's like that's his strum the whole time and you're like yeah, like I can't do that once let alone do it throughout the song and then yeah. change it different. So I'm always just kind of like slapping down on it every once yeah. in a while I'll come up and I'd even half the time I didn't like using picks like I just kind of like slapping my hand through the <laughs> lines. But you kind of do some cool like cool things along the neck and 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 by doing that. So, um, but I never got into it more than probably a year and i stopped but like to me like you said it's it's so therapeutic oh yeah yeah absolutely. like if you could just like if i could sit here like on that couch with a guitar and just sheet music or just follow along on a youtube video and just try to play a song and just kind of slowly practice 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 three hours could go by and i'm like oh what, i've been playing for an hour and all of a sudden it's like seven o'clock at night and yeah i just sat down at 3 30 just for a half hour to an hour yeah um I actually I played I learned bass through through tablature as well. Um, so and I kind of a funny little story. Um, when I started playing bass, it was the summer before my junior year. Summer of '69. Yeah. <laughs> no, the summer of oh gosh, was it 2002? Jeez. Um, I had traded a bunch of uh, <laughs> Magic the Gathering cards. Or, yeah, it was Magic the Gathering. Um, like it, it and it was a fair amount of cards like there was some value to them um and i just traded them away for this crappy bass guitar and it wasn't even a bass guitar amp it was this crappy little guitar amp um and i would so i started learning a lot of blink 182 because i Mm -hmm. I was i've always been a blink 182 fan um and and their bass lines were very simple especially for someone just starting to learn how to play i had the like i had the who's the bassist mark hoppus yeah 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 um i had the the percussion background so it, it was a pretty seamless transition really i took to it easy but bass guitar i think as a whole is by far the easiest instrument to to learn for most people okay um but th- this is back when you know i didn't have like bluetooth speakers or anything mm-hmm. and so you know in, in trying to learn these songs i would basically just go into my bedroom turn on my TV, put on a, a CD of, of whatever, whatever. And I had, you know how like the old Sony PlayStations, you could play a CD. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, it had like this very retro, like, wasn't it like on top and you flipped it down and yeah. it started up. Yeah. Yeah. So I would crank my TV so damn loud. Um, and, and then I would just like play to it with, with, with my bass and I would be rocking out like by myself. And it happened a handful of times. My, like my parents would just abruptly walk in. I'd be like, you know, I just 
curse at him because I was just like in the rock yeah. out mode. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Go. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, you, you like, this is how you do it with bass, right? You, yeah. Don't you always kind of like pluck from the top. Yeah. It, that's I, I think like that, a harp, but you like, that's how you're, you're supposed to. Um, but a lot of rock basis and or like punk rock, whatever will use picks because they play a lot more, They'll play like on a string more. Like okay. I, I don't know how to put it into like non-nerdy music terms, but like they'll, they'll strum on like one string at a time, but they'll they'll do like sixteenth note or thirty-second notes, just like Which over just and like over. Like yeah, it's quicker. Yeah, so like if you can do it with your fingers, but especially for for newbies, like doing the pick is it's a lot easier. Um, so I I don't follow a lot of ba- like one of my favorite bands is Dave Matthews Band. Okay. I always loved him. So, uh, Stefan is obviously played the he's bass. He's a founding member of the group. But yeah, they're all like virtuosos in that band. <laughs> oh, they're good. Yeah. And he, uh, so you just see him and he's always just like jamming out, but he's playing bass. So I always kind of wonder, because like you always look at the bass guy in a band and you, you think out of all the, all the things, like obviously the lead singer slash lead guitarist. And, and like Dave's more, he does a lot of picking, but rhythm. But then you have Tim Reynolds, who's very much all doing all the funky things yeah. on the guitar. Then you got, currently, you got Buddy on the, on, the, on the keyboard. So he's obviously playing keyboards. And you are very universal on the keyboards. You can play a lot of different stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then the same thing, obviously, Carter, who is a stud. Yeah. And yeah, I would argue, I mean, I don't know a lot about drums, but I got to say he's one of the top in the world, like top, top, like top, top in the world. Like, oh, yeah. I'm sure. Even out of like yeah. all the professional bands in the world, he's pretty top, top of that. Absolutely. Yeah. And so you start watching what he does, but then you always watch like Stefan and he's like, you know, I'm looking at the bass. I'm like, how many notes are you playing? Yeah. But he's good. But then like you get some of these songs where it's like crushed, like dun, 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 dun. And he has like this, it has this bass line to it. Yeah. And. But he's, I mean, he's very, because he was, cla- I guess, classically, or, or he was very, like, he was, I forgot where he went to school for music, but he was trained to play it correctly, kind of. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. he's not picking. So he, you always see him, and he's plucking. I'm sure he's got phenomenal, uh, just, very, very, I mean, he's got phenomenal basics, but he's just, uh-huh. he's very, he's very uh, music theory or whatever on yeah. the bass. Yeah. But it's so funny, because he gets into it, and I'm like, he's just, he's hitting the bass notes, and he's yeah. just, like, jamming out to the music, so I always find that it's funny. Like I find bass guitarists are always the ones that they probably add a lot more to the band than you think. But oh, you yeah. always look at yeah. them and they're like, they really playing stuff. Like how much are they playing? Yeah, no, like he looks like he's into it, which I like. Yeah, but. it's so of course you know being a drummer and you know I was I think I was I can call myself a bassist because I played for song. I haven't really picked up a bass guitar in a long time, but um, <laughs> they're they're both rhythm instruments, so. When you're playing drum, rather when you're listening to music and you're listening to the rhythm section, like the bass and or drums, like the like the, the physical momentum kind of comes from from those instruments. Like it's like what like the way you want to dance is probably based on those two instruments. Which one? The- but both the bass and drums. Like, like okay, you know, like the tempo and just kind of like the foundation that they set. But when you're a drummer, you can't like really get into it. Like you're not gonna like play a funk song like an old school James Brown song and like sit there and like dance while you're playing drums, Mm -hmm. but you kind of want to, like, you know, it's there, but when you're playing bass, like you're not using all of your appendages. So like you kind of have more freedom to just like kind of get into it a little more. Um, and, and that goes with all genres. Like, I mean, you can be listening to like heavy metal and like, you'll see like the, the guitarist bassist, whatever, always have more freedom to just like get into the music more. Yeah. I, I, I always look at like when I was playing, (sighs) 
again, guitar. I was very low, like very basic level. Yeah. Like, I mean, not, not very, I could play a few songs here and there. And Guitar's I, tough. It's really tough. Yeah. And it was, it was, once you started getting it and you got through the calluses and the yep. problem, the hardest part is just stretching the thumbs. And the, yeah. Like my thumb would always cramp up because yep. you're just like trying to hold it and move your hands. And I'm, my, I, I don't have bit, like my fingers aren't long. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to really come up around the neck and, and hold them down correctly. So there's a yeah. lot of muted strings when I'm playing. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. uh, so you started playing, but like you could, there's sometimes when you start to get better and more in a rhythm, you could actually, if you could feel, it wasn't just like overthinking. You could really just kind of like let yourself go and, and, and like you could let your, really not overthink the, the instrument, sure. but then you could also kind of get into like kind of like a little groove where I could see why people now that get up and they're like kind of bebopping and dancing while they're up yeah. and playing it because they're just letting their hands kind of move and they're just, they're, they're enjoying the music as it's coming out where I have a such low level that for me just like I said, kind of making a solid strum on the guitar over and over again was good versus like cut like three of the six strings because I had two muted and my, <laughs> you know, the base of my thumb was, or the finger was like pressing on the last two. And yep. um, it was just, it's a, it's a really cool instrument. It's one that I want to play. I don't, I would actually have better success if I brought it here uh-huh. and just put it in the corner and like 10 minutes here and there, just kind of pick some stuff and just, yeah. But I don't know if I'll ever do that. I've, like I said, I have a better shot of playing it here than at home. At home, won't happen. I still, I have an acoustic guitar that sits around. I'll play it like maybe once every two months. <laughs> yeah, and it's just, it, it's fun though. I just, it's one where I wish, it was one of those, people always say like a skill, like we have a keyboard. Like I would love to be able to play a keyboard. Oh, yeah. Now granted, I don't practice it, so I have no right to say I should be able to play it because I put zero time into it. But it's one where that's a cool skill to have in the sense of, one, it's, I think, fun. Because yeah. it's very mentally relaxing, I would think. Because you kind of, like for me, I won't take it seriously. So I'd just be more kind of like, a, you know, sit down for even just an hour and just kind of play and let your mind just kind of think. And it's good, I think, for the brain and motor skills. And as you get older, I think that's a, a cool thing to do. So oh, yeah. I'll probably try to pick it up later on in life. I could see myself getting into guitar or, or piano probably like my late 30s, early 40s. Or probably, probably 40s when like the kids are older and I'm not... You know, maybe have a little bit more free time and I can sit there and just like, you know, I'm going to play, you know, a couple times a week just, you know, for a half hour here, hour there and just kind of slowly get that skill level up. Yeah, the the, the guitar is, is, how can I put this? It's like the, it's what like every musician wants to be good at. <laughs> um, so, you know, the, the guitarists, especially, you know, you have rhythm guitarists and, and lead guitarists. Everyone wants to have the ability to rock a nasty guitar solo. Like, it doesn't matter if you're, like, an amazing drummer. Just shred yeah. on it. Yeah. Like, there's just something, like, there, there's something different about it. Like, with drums, I've always told everyone, and this kind of sounds a little funny, but, like, it's the most primal instrument. So, like, it, you you just kind of, like, go back to, like, your origins with drums. Like, it it just comes from... Well, as do all instruments, but drums especially, I think just it comes from inside. Like it's very instinctive. Um, whereas guitar, it's like you're kind of following a melody and there's just something about a guitar solo that like everyone I think wants to be. Well, there's more of. notes in a guitar, right? Because I would think that the, and I don't know a lot about drums. So, but like drums you have, your kit is only so big. Oh yeah, yeah. So like yeah. now maybe I'm wrong, like, is it when you play drums, do you like hitting certain part of the drums? Is that like notes? No. Uh, well, 
I, like I know if you hit more in the center, it's kind of the bigger one. But if you go a little bit closer, it probably has a different tune because because the, the canvas is a little tighter there, probably. Yeah, that's I would say that's definitely correct. Um, and I'm not like a a tech whiz, and a lot of people are. Um, but drums, I think you kind of just you tune them up, and like you don't need to like retune them, unless you're talking like freaking timpanies like you know those big old drums oh no i'm talking like you know a standard yeah, drum yeah, set yeah, even, yeah. even one that's big enough where you have you know a handful of drums and then you have like three cymbals like you, you have like a pretty big kit because most yeah. of them probably have two cymbals and what three or four drums and a bass yeah yes yeah, so, yeah it's usually like uh oh geez like some old school guys will go two tom snare drum bass drum bam a little four piece and but some guys will go five six in um, a cymbal part of that or is that no no so i it isn't. I had to think about that one for a moment. So, the, like, if you hear something like a four-piece or a five-piece, it's just referring to the the drums. It's not referring okay. to the cymbals. Um, but, yeah, there, there's, like, you want to, you know, quote-unquote tune your drums, but you don't need to tune them to, like, a, a different key for every song. Um, there's just, like, an overall tune for every song, I guess, is the way to put it. Hmm. Yeah, because I I just always felt so like hitting a symbol. If you have three symbols, they're all different pitches. Yeah, I guess technically. Because um, like, why would you have more than one? Because uh, so, some are different sizes. Some are probably I don't know if different materials are kind of bent different ways. Or they might make a different sound, yeah, higher lower pitch. Yeah. Um. I mean, there are you know a slew of different symbol types. I mean, you have like splash symbol. Crash symbol, hi hats, ride symbol, ride crash, China. China's are China crashes are actually one of the coolest ones. They kind of sound like a whip when you hit them, like it's very like quick, like a. Psh. <laughs> so 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 they do they do have different sounds. So like oh yeah. So yeah. if you, so if somebody has like two. I'm thinking like Carter's probably got four on his. I'm, yeah, I'm guessing he, he's he. From what I recall, he's got a pretty large drum set. I think yeah. Because he's always hitting stuff, but sometimes he'll like hit stuff and just like he'll hit and grab real quick. So it's yep. just like think and then like it's. Yep. But it's like the stuff that he does is really cool because obviously he's playing percussion and drums. So I mean, there's yeah. other, there's more to it than just. But I always find it fascinating. Like, I'll go to one of their shows. And I'll just be sitting there watching him. And one time we had seats on the side of the stage, like a little, like a little ways up. But I've sat there twice, and I spent half the concert just like watching him just hit the drums. Yeah, like, you, you you can always tell. Well, you can usually tell when a drummer is well versed in percussion or the the rudimentary side to drumming. Versus just being a drummer, and that's not to say you can't be, you know, as as skilled if you haven't gone through percussion. But you can usually tell based on their style um, and their fills. My buddy, uh, a guy I know, um, well, Brad plays in Glass Onion, so he's the drummer of Glass Onion. Yeah, I think I'm I'm related to a bunch of those guys somehow. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, they're like so distant. They're cousins, all they're all, they're all uh, northeastern <laughs> guys. So, yeah. But they uh, so he's he's done that, and our son had a bunch of drums and like. From a young, I mean, he's a year and a half now, but I mean, about one, about one years old, something like that. He really started to get into hitting drums, so we bought yeah. him like a little drum thing. So he'll just sit there and he was like, like he would just hit this, he would hit that, and it wasn't to the fact like he's just like a little kid like slapping stuff. Like he was actually like he would drum. At one point, he was just like, like he would sit there and like hit them all down the little thing, and then yeah. he, would, he would grab stuff and like he was very big on, and he had very good like he's pretty good coordinated. So yeah. hand eye coordination's good. So my wife always wanted to play the drums. She goes, Brad, can you teach him the drums? And he goes, I don't know how to read music. Like, I don't know how to do, Yeah. like, I don't know how to do drums. Like, literally, he's played for probably 30 years. 
but a lot of it's probably just for him rhythm and feel and obviously just knowing beats and stuff through through practice oh yeah and and obviously hours and hours on the drums but it's funny because he's like i I don't know how to read music. I just kind of, I, and I don't, I want to hear, I got to actually ask him how he got into it. Cause he might've just got into it being like, dude, we need another guy in the band. Can you just play drums? Like, oh, I'll figure it out as I go. Cause I figured that the drums are probably the instrument that you could figure out as you go. Meaning you just kind of get rhythm and maybe I'm wrong. Like, oh no, no, you're, you're absolutely correct. Like if I was to sit down and you're like, and obviously with a little bit of practice, but like, Hey Galen, we're doing a band, you know, kind of start following the rhythm feel it out and be like okay like i kind of can fill in the gaps i find that drums are big like you have your main rhythm and then the drums are like they're the they fill in all the gaps to make it sound full and and to me i think it's something that you could kind of self-teach yourself like he's him saying i don't know how to read music makes sense yeah a guitarist saying i don't know what the heck i'm doing i'm just playing strings i i don't buy that because you obviously know the notes by hand positioning chords and stuff yeah you you don't necessarily need to learn how to read music um i would say that like some of the um different like like marching drum patterns like eventually if if you play for so long you'll learn and you may not even realize it um like a a lot of like your fast drum fills are combinations of like singles and double strokes etc um and i mean a lot of people might be doing it and not even realizing it um and you can just like you kind of brought up earlier, you can just watch a YouTube video, how to learn how to do this thing called like a paradiddle, which is just like a combination of rights and lefts. Um, and then you apply that to drum set and it becomes this crazy looking sounding fill. Um, one of the, actually one of the best drummers and one of my favorite drummers, um, in the, the jazz community, buddy rich, um, he supposedly could not read music and he is, he's been regarded as one of the best drummers. Who, for a long who time. does he play? Like, I say, who does he play for? Is he just his own guy? I've never heard of him. He uh, he played in a number of jazz bands, uh, like trios, quartets, uh, a lot of big bands. I, he's he's since passed. I think he died back in like '86 or something. But he's still well known in, in the music community. Hmm. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I don't know a lot of. I know a couple drummers here and there. Yeah, like Travis Barker. Obviously, I don't oh, know yeah. from. From Blink, and you mentioned that. Uh, actually, speaking of him, did you listen to his podcast on Rogan? He's an interesting cat. I, I listened to some of. I, I I actually I listened to a small clip. Like like smart, very smart dude. Like, but it's, yeah, it's kind of funny when you hear because he's like rock band, punk band, but now he's obviously like yeah. Well, that was like twenty years ago. Now I'm kind of a dad and doing the thing. But he still he still goes hard. But he's oh like, yeah. But yeah. obviously he's at a different point in life than he was when he's probably you know, running around in like a rock band in his early twenties or whatever. Yeah. So, um, he, yeah, he's always been one of my, my big drum icons. Um, and I blink as a band, you know, I don't want to say they've regressed because obviously they've developed and kind of, you know, which, um, I'm, I'm going to, I'm blanking on his name. Lee guitar. Oh, Tom DeLong. Yeah, Tom, so Tom's out, right? Because he's off looking for aliens or Bigfoot yeah, or something. Yeah, th- I think that's exactly it. Um, <laughs> he, went on, he went on Rogan's podcast too, and he's like, he like quit the band to like go focus on trying to find aliens or something. Yeah, and I think there was a falling out between him and Mark, okay. um, which is, you know, it's like unfortunate. Like, yeah. You know, they, they found success, and they were supposedly like best friends for so long beforehand, and then, you know, they, they had that falling out, but, um, and they got to, they got back together and supposedly, you know, they, he left on good terms, but, uh, yeah, he started looking for aliens, something along those lines. And I watched some of that podcast because I, yeah, he, um, he's, yeah, he's, he's out there. He's, yeah. He's, uh, literally. <laughs> um, 
but uh man, it's I grew up on on Blink and, and Travis Barker's drums have always been I don't want to say the most technical, but he's always been super innovative. But it, not to say he isn't technical, but he's been very innovative. And I find that aspect of, of his style, of anyone's style, it's innovation, I think, is, is always the number one thing. So who, who's your all-time favorite? Was it that guy you just mentioned before? Uh, I, I, it's hard to say number one, you know, because there, there are so many out there. Or who do you think, like, who do you think is the best drummer? Or is it different because the styles are a little bit different? Uh, so th- this is going to be a bit of, bias here but um when i was still with ameritrade they and actually when they sent me out for that that texas trip um when i was on my way back i was in philly for a connecting flight and i was on a delay and i was just sitting in uh i was sitting at like the bar or something watching a football game and i saw this guy and a lady walking through and it was this this guy named Vinny caliuta um and i you know, I had to do a double take, but I'm like, that's definitely him. And I went up to him and I introduced myself and I got a picture with him. And I, I actually ended up talking to him and his wife for about 10 minutes. And, um, he's, uh, he's played with a number of musicians. He's more of like the, a studio guy. Um, so he's more well known in like the, the drummer community. He's not like the guy that is like the face of a band or anything. He's played with a number of well-known bands. Like he's played with like the police, uh, Frank Zappa, Megadeth, uh, Phil Collins, it's not stuff that I necessarily listen Phil to. Phil Collins? You yeah. see the guy, the most famous drum solo in all of <laughs> you know, what, what is that? Uh, I, you know, I can feel it coming in the air. Yeah, that's not good. That would have been him. Um, at it, it, at it, some it, point it, yeah. in time, he's covered that song. Yep. Then. Yeah, but, yeah. but like the list goes on and on. So it, it's sometimes it's those more like studio type musicians that like aren't the at the you know the front of the band. Or of any band, rather, mm-hmm. just that you know they do like the recording stuff, or they'll go play live. Um, he plays with this guy Herbie Hancock, who's a well-known jazz uh, musician. Um, but he, I would say, Vinny is you know just kind of thinking off the cuff. I'd probably say is one of the best, if not the best, because he plays everything so well. Hmm. Yeah. No, I've I've never um like I said, I've never heard. Of, I only know a few of them, but I I don't know. That's I think. It, I think drums are cool. I just think music school. It's like something I've always, I think anybody that, I think everybody would want to play an instrument if they could. It's yeah. just one of those, like, it's one of those skills, like, what could you, like, would you want to be an artist? Would you want to be a, a very good athlete of something? I would say out of all that stuff, I wish I could play music really well. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, going back, I can't really describe what attracted me to it. Um, but I remember, you know, when I was, in elementary school listening to you know just basic pop music like it just music just always stood out to me um and i always got a a really genuine enjoyment from it and um you know when i like i really was drawn to the drums in particular um and when i first got my drum kit back in eighth grade it was just you know this little cheap thing i had no freaking idea what i was doing i basically just banged on it for a couple months like i literally used one of the toms as what the bass drum should be. Like, I would just be like, wouldn't even use the kick drum. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like one day I just felt like a little bit of coordination in my foot. And like, I was playing like a basic, like, you know, something really basic. And through, you know, playing percussion and listening to music, like I, I could pick up beats. I knew what he was doing and, or I thought I did. Yeah. And that develops, but uh, you know, it's, it's been a long time, but I mean, music to this day is, is still, you know, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, 
Ne- my next topic, would you trade it for a good beer? <laughs> the, the, so so oh, this is, uh, what is that good? It is pretty good. Um, the uh, Let's see here. Rooster Comb. It's a double IPA, New England style. So it's here. You mind if I have yeah. a sip of that? Yeah, go for it. Because I, I, my buddy gave me this. It's good. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah, it's got a little bit of kick to it. Mean Max Brew Works. Not that mean. I don't know what that means, but Mr. Coleman. Yeah, I don't. So, what's your favorite type of beer? Mm. <laughs> Which I know. Okay, I know this is like picking for some people. It's like picking out your favorite kid, but like, do you yeah. have like what? What do you kind of go to? What's your like go to style beers? Oh man! Because we've talked about this before. I I like certain beers. Yeah, I can drink probably any kind of beer if you gave it to me. There's definitely some that I'm looking like eh, like that I could drink. Definitely only drinking one of those. I usually don't order like a double IPA just because they're to me they're they're a little too heavy for me. Yeah, um, that's hard to say. It's not I, bad though. Yeah, no, I mean it's it definitely you know fits the bill. Um, I mean IPA. There's always if I'm gonna have a couple drinks, there's usually an IPA in the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, but to kind of put one out there, um, I probably have to say like a really good pilsner. I think it is probably my favorite. Um, maybe like a hoppy pilsner. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people might think of like Labatt Blue or or something like a Miller Lite is a pilsner. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Um, but like a good like craft pilsner that you know has like some hardiness to it mm-hmm. and maybe some hops. Um, but what really turned me on to craft beer was uh, well, number one, my buddy who still lives in the area. He started brewing for. Oh my gosh, it's, he's been brewing for eight years along with one of our other friends, uh, Adam Leahy and Steve Koontz. And they actually put together that, that uh, what the heck was it? The thing uh, the, a, couple, a couple weeks ago, or probably, probably a month ago now. The, the Homebrew Club? Yes. Um, Homebrew Collective. Yes. Um, and I guess like, you know, that's, that's gained some interest. They're pretty like low-key guys, so they're not like putting out a lot of stuff for it. But um, it's more or less to become educated like it's not necessarily to gain traction as a community it's more or less to educate everyone involved um but they've been doing it for the better part of eight years maybe more um or maybe less but they have done exceptional stuff and you know like i used to drink like sam adams here and there and then it was like fat tire from new belgium and like i always kind of enjoyed the stuff you know guinness i always enjoyed um and my buddy started working in Vermont a while ago and like occasionally he'd have me like try like try this this is great and I'd be like wow that really is good and it's not like I like to necessarily drink to get you know wasted or mm-hmm. whatever it's just you know you have like two or three at the most and you know it just kind of heightens things <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know it's, it's just it's a good time whatever um but uh after that that period um, I really started taking to, to craft beer and actually started, if I were to have a couple drinks, I would seek out craft beer. So I mean, I, you know, I, I've done the liquor thing, you know, throughout college, whatever. That's, that's not really that enjoyable. Um, and then last year I was working in Burlington and, um, you know, a lot of the, the clients or even the coworkers, they'd be like, you need to try this, try et cetera. And, um, we go out for dinner and I just, I really got turned on to craft beer, like, pretty much exclusively now like i yeah. don't really drink anything else if i if i do have a few drinks um it's 
Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I always think like beer, like this is my thing, and I'm a very, again, amateur when it comes to it. I've drinking beer, drink beer, whatever, you, however it's pronounced for, you know, en- enough now that yeah. I, I've had enough different kinds of beers. Um, I'm not the kind that's going to go get, you know, box card out, out downtown anymore. <laughs> we... We've lived through those times. I mean, don't 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 get me wrong. Every once in a while, but now, <laughs> but yeah, but it's to the point now where it's like I got almost plan for it to happen. Yeah, it's like, like it's like a three day event. Well, I got to be like, okay, no kids tonight. Wife's with the kids, or wife's out of town. Do I have any appointments tomorrow? Okay, like I, this literally goes through my mind, yeah. and to give myself like the go ahead, not the care. Usually, it's like have a few drinks. Yeah, it's literally enough that I can still drive home. Like I'm not. Sure. So my whole thing is when it comes down to like. We went to a Portland probably a month ago for a concert out there. Nice. Portland is beautiful. Portland oh, yeah. has a ton of breweries out there, and it reminds me of kind of like a bigger Burlington. I shouldn't say bigger Burlington, a more condensed Burlington, because yeah. you know Burlington's a little smaller, Yep. and it's got, you do have some good places over there, but at the end of the day, you know, something like Portland is a bigger city, yeah. and there's... Like, you'll have a brewery here, brewery here, brewery here, all on the same road, probably 500 yards from each other. Yeah. And what's cool is when... You start going to some of these. The problem is, or it's like overwhelming. How many you go into like yeah. you go into like a store in Burlington, or you go to a store in Portland, and you look in, and they have probably twenty different styles or brands of beer. Oh yeah. So it's then you start going in, and it's like, well, we have the we have the IPA, or we have the Pilsner, or we have the the whatever of six different brands, and and of course it's like wine. I like wine, but it's like you really got to go with. Like the style that you like. Like I mm-hmm. like Cabernets. I like I'm not a big like I'm not a huge Merlot guy. I could drink it, but it's not my favorite. And there's yeah. certain ones that I kind of gravitate towards and there's some that I totally will stay away from. And I kind of find that with beers. I, I there's a lot that I don't know. Like um every time like a uh K O S C H. Kosh? Oh uh Kolsch Kolsch. Kolsch C O L S C H something. Yeah, it's like yeah. a German word yeah. or something. Like I've had a I think I've tried that before, and that's not bad. Yeah. But then sometimes you get like the lighter ones versus the heavier ones, or the, the oh, yeah. more concentrated versus kind of the like I've seen like a Kolsch summer type thing, and I don't yeah. know if that's more like a Pilsner. So my knowledge is like like usually my this is my go to when I go any place that has beer, I'll just be like, um, what what do you think's good? I'll ask you. Like, what yeah. do you think's good? Or ask bartender. I'm like, what which one's good? I'm like, try this. I'm like, okay, go for it. Because I I don't know enough about it, and I'm pretty I'm not super picky. Where if I get one, I can at least I can at least finish the beer. If yeah. I don't like it, I'll change it up. Or if I really don't like it, I'll go to like something I've heard of that I'll be like, okay, I, I can at least go to a switchback or I can at least go to something that I know that I can drink versus. Sure. So my knowledge is very limited on that. But I mean, from, I guess, I mean, Burlington, what's your favorite place in Vermont? Uh, well, that, that's, I'd say that's somewhat, well, maybe it's not as easy as I thought. Um, my go-to is going to be Burlington Beer Company. Um, they don't necessarily do anything the best, but is that the one right downtown or no, I I know foam. Well, foam is down by the waterfront. Uh, Um, Oh gosh, I'm trying to think of, is it zero gravity? There's one down there. I, I, it's escaping me though. Um, Could be zero gravity. Um, I mean, they're so Burlington beer company, I think overall is my favorite because they do so many different things very well. They don't necessarily do anything the best, but they do a lot of stuff very well. And they have variety. Um, foam, the one by the waterfront down there, um, is very, very good. They, they do 
pilsners, sours, IPAs very, very well. Um, there's, uh, oh gosh, Hill Farmstead, which is out in Greensboro. So it's like out in the middle. It's not the middle of nowhere, but it's pretty close. Um, but they've been voted like number one in the country like two or three years. What is it called? Hills Farmstead? Hill Farmstead. Okay. And I had their stuff for the, the first and only time um, here at SIP. It was actually, I saw you that night, and I think I may have recommended, I think I recommended it to you actually. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, like just a straight. It was Isaac's thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just like a straight double IPA. Um, and it's. And they have a lot of it because we went back for more and they, it was gone. It was off yeah. the list. Yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, they they just do everything. They don't do anything, like, out of the norm, but they do it, like, perfectly, basically. It's mm-hmm. it's super, super clean. Um, and, yeah, I, I believe is either two or three years, in recent years, they've been voted number one like, in the country. W- like, what are a couple of your favorites around here? Um, Ovalcraft. Um, Ovalcraft does a, a pretty darn good job. Um, Osable Brewery, without a doubt. Um, I would... Th- Oh no! I always hear good things about Sable Brewery. I've never been. Yeah, um, I've been there twice. Uh, I've had their stuff a number of times, but um, I've been there twice. Uh, they just do a really good job, and they have good variety too. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it's it's hard to find one, you know some of these smaller breweries that do try to take on those those more complex brews, um, be able to do everything consistently well, and they they do that. Um, Living Goods, uh, I think they're, I, I don't want to say um, overlooked, but I think they do a pretty good job too. Um, and they have decent variety. I wouldn't say they're as good as Osable Brewery or uh, Ovalcraft, but they're they're right there. Yeah, so I mean, when it comes to like, I've drank it. I, always, I haven't been to Osable uh, Brewing, but I've driven by it a few times. I stopped in once to get a couple yeah. growlers for people, but I've never actually had their beer. The... Uh, I've had I've obviously had Valcor, Plattsburgh, uh, Plattsburgh Brewing Company, yep. Oval, mm-hmm. and what was the other one you said? Um, you just Living Goods. Living Goods, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've had all those before, and yeah. and those are kind of like that's probably your main five around here, right? I think. Yeah. Am I missing um, some? Unless they're smaller. Gosh, I'm trying to think. I like think, I, well, if you go up price towards Lake Plass and stuff, yeah, they yeah. have some out there. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of limited a little bit on it. But like every time I go to them, they all kind of taste the same to me. Because yeah. that's the thing. I have a hard time differentiating which one's good versus not. And Because th- again, I'm not a huge drinker. I drink socially. But it's not one where I have – like I have no – besides wine bottles, I have zero alcohol in my house. Like I have okay. no beer. I have no, no liquor. I have – I just – I'm not a big – my wife doesn't really drink. I don't – I – so really, if my wife's not drinking, it's not like we're cracking bottles of wine open for dinner and things yeah, like that. Yeah. So, and I might have wine at my house with dinner two, three times a year max. Okay. And usually, I drink like one glass of the, and I end up putting it in the fridge, and it sits there for three months, and I have to dump it. I, that's, <laughs> I never finish a bottle of wine at home. Yeah. I do love wine, but I just if I don't have anything to drink, I have nobody to drink it with. I'm not going to drink it. Yeah, I so. usually if I do have a couple of drinks, it's you know with with friends or family, whatever. Um, I usually have some some good craft beer in my fridge. <laughs> That's good. I mean, it's good to stock up. I mean, yeah. well, actually, I, I had I've had three here, so I actually have more in my mini fridge here than anything else, just because nice. of, of of things like this that you can, uh, you know, pass it on. But no, I, I like I said, I, I do. I'm more of a wine guy. I really got into wine probably 
kind of during that time period, the, the, the period that lapsed. When I was like 21, I started, for some reason, I, I got into wine. And I remember talking to a good friend of ours who's, you know, I think I think he would classify himself as like a wino. He just he just drinks a lot of it and is very knowledgeable and, and um, you know, knows the difference of different wines. And, and I got to the point where I could really tell the difference back then of wines. Like I really, like for some reason, I always liked the wines. Well, then one of our people I know that owns a local... Um, a vineyard around here. Remember, she told me. They both told me. They said if you should start off with like the dry reds, you really should just like dive in, like just go for it. Yeah. And that's my favorite wine still to this day is dry reds. And I actually went from dry reds to I ease myself back into whites, which usually people go from like the the party girl Moscato pink <laughs> Zinfandel stuff. So then they'll start going to like the Pinot Grigio and they'll slowly get into the whites yeah. and then all of a sudden like they get fancy and they hit Chardonnay and like this is what or Riesling or they could probably go from Riesling and Chardonnay and, they, and then they eventually will test out like the, the red table wine. Like they'll yeah. start like dabbling in that crap and I was always the one. I was like, I'm going straight to the, the I'm going, you know, heavy and yeah. that's where like the Merlots and Shiraz and the and the, Zinf- well, the Zinfandels, you know, the cabs and all those like you kind of have these like real heavy dark reds dry 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 and i love them like i love dry reds i cannot anything sweet no matter what off dry whites i like dry white dry whites in the summer are great but i had like this i, I really knew a lot about it now i'm not as versed as I, I was probably five to seven years ago but man like it's tough for me to beat wine like sitting around drinking wine with people i do i do like a good glass of wine but i do like beer i mean it's yeah it depends on the crowd it depends on the atmosphere it depends on I do like mixed drinks. It depends on the situation, yeah. but usually mixed drinks, I'm hitting like clubs and vodkas at weddings. Like that's <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not going to weddings drinking beer and vodka or dr- a beer and wine. But then if I'm going out like to a bar, I'm not getting a glass of wine. But if I go have like a nice dinner, I'm going to get wine, not getting sure. beer. So like it's, it's very much, I think dependent on where I am, but I do, I do love wine with food. Okay. Beer. I can't drink with food. Yeah, I, at all. I can drink that. Literally, this is what would happen. We would get that before dinner. I would have a, a beer, one or you know whatever. May not even get to the first one. And literally, they'll bring the food out. That beer will sit in there until the end of the meal, and I may not even drink it. At that point, I'll be like, honestly, I'm full. Yeah. Because beer fills me up. Wine doesn't really fill me up, and obviously, mixed drinks don't. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people say that too um, about beer. Um, I know what you're saying. Like, I, I definitely like. You have to be a little more conscious of like the amount you're you're taking in. Um, but I mean, going back to the the wines, like if I do drink wine, it's it's dry all day. Like I, I've drank the sweets and I'm not opposed to them. Um, but I just I find the the red dries, white dries are okay, but red dries I, I think are definitely where it's at. Yeah, because I think if it's too sweet though, it's it's like to me if I have a sweet red wine or if I have or sweet white wine to me it's i don't drink i don't eat or drink a lot of sweet things so yeah, yeah. i drink my coffee black like 95 percent of the time it's just black coffee i you know there's certain things that i i i drink like water or club soda and that's pretty much it so like for me wines are about as sweet as you can get like a dry wine is about as sweet of a drink as i'm going to get yeah and the thing is basically it's i don't I, part of it's like a hangover effect too like i just find you drink all that yeah, the, the I mean, we all went. That. Trust me, we all lived through college. We all had the the cranberry mixers, the soda mixers, <laughs> that you know, the the rum and cokes and all those things. But I mean, I'm, I'm done with those days. Like, I'm not mixing anything with sugar in my drink. Like, I I'm a club soda vodka guy. Like, I want no sugar. I don't want the the hangover of the next day because that's the problem too. Like, 
when you when you go out drink and you wake up the last time i woke up like truly hungover was when we went to portland and <laughs> i was with nine other eight eight or nine other people that were all way better drinkers than i was because i don't <laughs> drink that often i was like Male, female, half the size of me, twice the size of me. I was, I was like trying to hang on because it was one where I just don't, I don't drink too often. Like the next day, like, and we were all hurting, but like the next day, I was like, this is rough. <laughs> to the point where, like, even eating, I was like, I remember going to get breakfast and I had like half a bagel sandwich and I was oh. like, and I almost didn't finish half the bagel sandwich. I like was like picking at it, like trying to force it down. <laughs> like, this tastes so bad right now. And it was like 90 degrees and humid out. And like, all yeah. I wanted to do, and we had to walk like two miles to go get to this bagel place. Oh. Because we didn't really know where we were. And uh, yeah, let me, let me, that, that definitely put the hangover away. And then we ended up going, of course, to eat lunch. And they ordered beer again at lunch. So I ended oh, up yeah. getting, I ended up getting a, a, a sour, right? A sour? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I got a sour, which it, it's a lighter drink. It's not as hoppy and not as like, f- like filling as a beer. At least this one was kind of, you know, okay. it was, but it was, it, was, uh, it was like drinking like a cider. It was easier to drink. Yep. And it was kind of a smoother drink than something that was a little more hoppy. And even that, I didn't finish the drink. And I only got probably, it was like one of those like fancy little like, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. They're not that big. They're probably not much bigger than that. And It's like the like the flower bulb kind of thing. Yeah. And I don't know how many ounces in that. I'm guessing like eight to 10 ounces. It really wasn't a big a big thing. And I don't think I finished it because I was like sipping on my, I'm going to throw up. I can't. <laughs> so I ended up getting like, the, like one of the, like like a true hangover meal at that point yeah. just like try to force food down and then come uh come time like we got to the concert i was great i was ready to go Dude, portland's a, a pretty sweet place my buddy lives out there so have you visited often i've been there a couple times um the first time gosh it's it's been a while um but we we went around downtown um we went to this little theme park by the ocean um just a beautiful area um and then the, the second time was for his wedding. So we were, you know, dealing with all that stuff. So we didn't really do much else other than that. But uh, Did you go to any of the breweries there? I didn't, no, unfortunately. This was like circa 2013. So at that time, like, I was kind of into craft beer, but not really that much. Because some, some of those are, like, they're fancy. I say fancy, but they're they're a cool place to go. Like, oh, yeah. It's a cool place to hang out. Like, like some of the ones around here, there's not... I mean, realistically, the best ones to probably go sit and drink at, like, is probably Valcor or probably Plastic Brewing Company. Now, oh, I yeah. know a Sable, I think, has the outdoor venue, but you don't really have a traditional, oh no, you know, yeah. setting where a lot of these things are old industrial buildings that they converted, yeah. and yep. or they'll have one of the ones we went to. They kind of had a front parking lot. They basically just sectioned off in this big outdoor. They had all these picnic tables. They had, uh, nice. they had cornhole. They had a outdoor couple outdoor food trucks. They had, you know, kind of like makeshift landscaping that went yeah. around that made you feel like you're like I'm in this but it was it was a cool place to hang it was like a Saturday and it was nice out in the summer and it was packed there was like you know a couple hundred people hanging around and that's fun and we were playing cornhole and like just having a good time but like yeah. the setting itself was fun like it was a fun place to hang out you had places you could stand and drink and you know I, I don't think we really have that setting to a T but like you know, it would be cool have you gone down J, uh, J Street down here yeah yeah yeah, those old warehouse buildings. Yeah, that would be. I don't know awesome. how bad those are, but it'd be so cool if somebody came right down the waterfront and you kind of turn that like little grass area. You could tr- easily turn those into basically outdoor beer garden kind of things. It, yeah, that would be a cool place to have. It's really unfortunately we don't have anything in in the downtown area, like the real you know downtown um, for for craft breweries. And I know we you know we had one that unfortunately didn't last for very long, um, 
but I mean, there are a number of locations like that warehouse, um, the old Jeffrey's building over there. I mean, prime locations for something like that. Um, but in this kind of goes to a conversation I've, I've had with my buddy about, you know, going from like that, that homebrew setup to like a microbrewery mm-hmm. or, you know, you know, producing on a much larger scale. A lot of these, these guys are reluctant to, you know, either they have, you know, jobs and families that are kind of hindering them from doing it or, you know, they just don't know how to go about doing it, whatever. And, um, and, you know, not to use these guys as an example, but the guys that were there previously at, at Jeffrey's old location, um, you know, they kind of seemingly anyways went into quick, you know, cause I mean, their, their, their biggest weakness was the beer itself. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I think when they, they had that, 80, we went, yeah, we went there. Yeah. It, it, he was very open about it. He's like, you know, we're still making changes and, and learning about how to produce on a larger scale. And I, unfortunately, I don't think they ever got there. Um, but you know, it's, it's a really big step from producing for, you know, maybe a dozen people versus producing for hundreds or yeah. thousands oh, yeah. of people. Yeah. Especially if you're trying to monetize it in the sense of you're trying to, to bottle and ship it places. Yeah. Cause one thing, I mean, you can get, you can do kegs and sell kegs to local places, but yep. yeah, to end up putting it in cans to put it in stores to sell it. That's a whole nother level. Yeah. I mean, that's a, the overhead cost is more than just making a small batch. Like yep. you, to be honest, you with, with a little bit of practice could probably make a fairly decent beer oh, yeah. on a small scale, meaning something you could probably fill a keg up with, but yep. it's not something that you're going to sit there and sell, you know, cases of beer to people and that's that's always the, the thing so when you look at like especially places in vermont like switchback obviously is a very oh, i would say a pretty popular one. Oh yeah and like the alchemist i mean that's a big one and, and you have yep. all these other ones that have they've done a fairly good job i don't does foam they must do some type of yeah they, they do uh they do can releases they're a little more i don't know um they're more exclusive i guess like they only do their cans out of the the brewery location they okay. don't they don't actually supply outside of that um or like citizen cider yeah have you been there like citizen yeah. cider you can see that in a lot of places and that oh yeah like we've been to the place there and that's fun like get the flights there and they have a nice kind of cool little setup too and yeah all the breweries over there are you know very you know up to date with like pop culture and all that yeah the uh no i, I think it's good i don't know i, I want to go to foam I, I know one of the guys i think is semi-local over here a buddy of mine is friends with him, and he yeah. said, like, I remember him telling me, he's like, hey, my buddy's opening this place over in Vermont called Foam. Yeah. And this was, I don't know how long they've been open now, probably three years ago. It was probably when they opened, four or something like that. Yeah, they they make remarkable stuff. And that's what I've, I've heard that, and, and I remember seeing, the first time I ever saw them, we went over, I think I went over for a concert. I forgot who the heck I saw. We went down to the waterfront and we were down. Okay. Me, I don't know, I think it was me and my wife at the time, and uh, or she's still my wife. But me at the time, me and my wife went down yeah. there, and they were they were uh, they were doing stuff, and they were just moving in, like they were very basic. And I think we actually walked in to the front section because oh. they were like it was like come check us out, but they weren't open yet. It was like okay. go in, kind of see what we're up to. It was more of they were just under construction, but they were yeah. open to the fact of like hey, just come see us. Like we're we'd rather have people walk in and ask us what's up, which is yeah. a great marketing strategy. Sure. Like just let people wander in and kind of, you know, you kind of do some publicity that way for yourself. But I've heard some good things. So I'd like to go again, I'd go back to the, you know, the kids and trying to get a full day where you can just <laughs> kind of go day drink over there. Yeah. It would be fun, but, um, that, that'd be a place it would stop. Cause I, I'm sure they have a beautiful setup right on the water. Yeah. It's, and I'm sure you can probably still 
kind of go hang out. And they have the whole grass area there out right across the way. Yeah, it's it's great for the summer, of course. Um, they have an indoor area that's you know it's it's sizable. Um, but during the summer, they, you know, they have a, a a back outdoor area as well as a, a front outdoor area. Um, and they're you know in a prime location. Um, it's actually fine. They're actually in like the like financial district. <laughs> there, there's yeah. like a there's like a Morgan Stanley and a Schwab right there, and then you have foam. I was, I was gonna say yeah, just just in case you go do market research, be like ah, oh, just kind of checking it out. You can get a haircut too. I think there's a men's barber shop down there, yep. and then you can go to Skinny Pancakes. Yeah, good. yeah. It's a great great little thing. Or uh, a great great little. Uh, I guess one one shop one stop yeah. shops. How they call it? Yeah. So. Um, Dave, anything else? I, I I would actually talk way longer, but we like as we talked about, we have uh, we're kind of doing a matinee, a matinee yeah. podcast. Um, no man, this is this has been a lot of fun. I yeah, like, I like to come back. Yeah, cool. I, I usually basically like I said, I always have a theme. Everybody's always like, or what, they say, "What is your theme?" I don't have a theme. My theme is people I want to talk to. So we always end up, like I said, I always like talking to you when we see each other at yeah. events and stuff and get lunch and, and hang out and stuff like that. So um, cool. Well, I think we're going to stop there. Um, if people want to find you, Dave, give a plug for anything that you... We didn't really actually get into much of your job, but that's fine. I usually like shooting the shit about other stuff. But anything yeah. that... Anything, if you want people to find you, contact you, promote, plug, anything that you have, go ahead. Okay. Well, uh, I, I work over at SECOM, uh, Federal Credit Union, down on the corner of Tom Miller and Smithfield Boulevard. Um, I'm the financial advisor there. Do a lot with investments, insurances, uh, IRA, 401k rollover, uh, financial planning, Things of that nature. Um, you don't have to be a member to come see me. There's there's no fee. Things of that sort. Um, I'd like to say I'm a pretty friendly guy, so uh, f- feel free to stop on in. <laughs> I didn't have anything prepared. Sorry. No, that, that that's fine. I mean, we're, we're, we're going to like. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not like too formal. I mean, it's kind of a laid back, laid back thing. So, no, that's great. I appreciate you coming on. Um, I'm sure we'll we'll see you out and about at at, at a events. I always get to run into, and like I said, we'll, we'll coordinate uh, probably lunch over the next couple of weeks. Get together and. Go check it out. We should we gotta we should do like a we should do like a Friday, kinda like a late afternoon Friday, and then we could just kinda turn it into like a little happy hour. I would be fine with that. We could be I, I would I'd definitely be down with okay. that. Okay. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that after so you guys don't have to hear all the plans. But uh cool. So Dave, I appreciate coming on. That is episode forty five of the Galen Trombley show. We are out. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling, G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.